There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I've got you a present, Luke. Oh, You're not going to guess what it is. It's a gift. It's, it's a, a surprise gift. gift. Is it a gift that no wrestler has ever had in their history? Nobody has ever been gifted anything like this, at least in modern history, because it's a literal other human, and that is modern <laughs> slavery. Wow. Thank you so much for this excellent gift of Diamond Dallas Page, one of my favorite wrestlers ever. We didn't have a Ric Flair in the office. Uh, well... Sting just inherited Ric Flair, I guess. Welcome to the AEW Review Podcast. I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Luke Owen, DAD. If you haven't already, please press the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave a comment down below with your thoughts on this episode. Come and see us at the Crown Jewel Watch Party in just 10 days time. It's a week Saturday. Mm. Buy your tickets using the link below and send in your Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. I'll read out every single one of them over five US dollars. Well, yes, we talk that Ric Flair is all a beat, like a beetroot on, oh, a, because, on account yeah. of how red he is. Because he often gets a little bit red, yes. a little bit sweaty, yeah. a little bit shouty. Mm-hmm. You know how they didn't announce any matches for uh, Rampage or Collision uh, on this show? They actually did them during the main event. I was like, oh, you can tell there was a Ric Flair segment <laughs> on this live broadcast. Or, or maybe Sting overran. Because well, Sting started to... <laughs> Tony Schiavone <laughs> wrestled the mic away from him. Like, come on, buddy. Come on, Steve. The announcers even made fun of the fact that Tony Schiavone had to stop Sting thanking people. <laughs> like, Sting was like, oh, yeah, yeah, like, you know, I've got timings and whatnot. But there were two people I didn't thank last week, and those people... Actually, also Philadelphia, I'd like to thank... Yeah, he was going to go all of Philadelphia. Yeah, it's like, play the music, <laughs> the little cane comes out... <laughs> So Tony Schiavone interrupted him and then I think went on too long a bit himself. I think so too. I was like, let's not all point fingers at Sting over here. I think we should be pointing some fingers at Schiavone as well, who was delaying this this uh, you know, this gift reveal. It could have very simply been Mike back, ten seconds, here's the and thing. And here's your gift. Tony Schiavone was like, No, I've got to get my S word in, brother. <laughs> and he built up this surprise gift from Tony Khan to Sting and I mean 
this was really surprising. It's not often that you get completely surprised in wrestling, particularly if you, you know, watch this show and watch Wrestle Talk News and stuff like that. We all knew Copeland was coming in, really. Yeah, we all figured as much. Yeah. yeah. But this was really out of left field because, you know, well, it was meant to happen two years ago. Yeah. In and we'd all forgotten about it. It was 2021. He was sort of rumoured and reported to be brought in to be Andrade El Idolo's manager because, I mean, people have probably forgotten this. There was a few weeks and months where Andrade just had a different manager every month. It was like, your manager is Chavo. Now your manager is Vicky. Now your man. Oh, no, it was, I think it was Vicky was the first. Yeah. Then it was Chavo. And Jose, the assistant, was only oh, supposed yeah. to be like a short term thing before revealing that it was Flair. But then the Dark Side of the Ring episode aired about the plane ride from hell. About Tommy Dreamer <laughs> and his ponytail. And Ric Flair was accused of sexual harassment in that episode. He was dropped from sponsorship deals he was mm -hmm. doing at that time. Dreamer was uh, suspended by Impact Wrestling for mm -hmm. defending Flair in that episode and basically sort of brushing aside what he had done. And then all the reports and rumors of Flair coming into AEW just all went away dropped and that andrade storyline just got dropped mm -hmm. and he just sort of stuck with jose the assistant and his ipad yeah but now rick flair has been brought in and he explained that hey sting i'm you know i'm gonna be here with you and ride out with you so that at least means until february revolution time um, well march because he said march march revolution time which is sting's final match it was really funny because flair was just like i'm gonna be with you brother until when is it March? Is it, is it March? Is that is that all I'm here for? And this like, is, yeah, yeah, it's, it's March, bud. This is the flair I want. As soon as he started talking, I was like, oh, I hope he talks into the wrong thing. <laughs> you know, when he talks into the book, it's one of my all-time favorite clips. I don't think we're going to get tna flair mm. which is the flair that i think you know people would probably want if you want mad it's the rick, definitive flair if you want mad rick flair you want tna rick flair you know just going backstage and downing smirnoff ices with aj styles smirnoff 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 what would you say well yeah Sh yeah smirnoff. Smirnoff. <laughs> i just think it just came out weird it sounded weird smirnoff ices <laughs> um with like Bobby like you're sean connor and uh, frankie gazarian and stuff I don't think we're going to be getting him doing like that's my line, you know. Mm. Like we're not going to get that flair. What we're going to get is old, humble. I'm I'm here, the singer. And we're going to have a run together, and, that, and that'll be it. He'll be in the corner of Sting, and we'll be on our way. I've not heard you he do Rick. I really do flair a lot. And really, it's just going. <laughs> it's the it's in the cadence of a flair, really. Yeah, yeah, and the slight. Slight, and, a, uh, and a slight lisp in mm. there as well. Um, Why? Well, so I read on uh, Reddit. I can't remember who suggested this or pointed it out. At least it was like the third highest rated comment on the Dynamite review thread. Jay Lethal's right there. <laughs> yeah. We could have a Jay Lethal Ric Flair off. I did think it was like, man, this must be the first time that Flair and Sting have been on. TV. I was like, oh no, TNA. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I was like, oh yeah, and then there's Jay Lethal. Oh yeah, Jeff Jarrett's here as well. There's like a whole like TNA crew. Yeah, uh, Tony, give the people what they want. You, know, I, everyone thinks you're building up a WCW roster, but we know, we know this is a TNA tribute. 
Taz is on commentary. Yeah. TNA's hot right now. You've got to beat them in. to the punch. Yeah. You've got to beat TNA to TNA's punch. The great thing as well, if you bring in Mike Tanay as the professor, you mm. can pretend it's a WCW thing. <laughs> oh, I'm just a big WCW fan, so I want to bring the professor in. But really, mm. it's because you want to bring in the voice of TNA. So Ric Flair and Sting were, were definitely together here. Darby's there as well. And this brought out Christian Cage, uh, Luchasaurus and... And uh, Nick Wayne as well. Unfortunately, not doing the thing I pitched last week where Christian takes Nick Wayne to the dentist because his tooth was legit knocked down in last week's beatdown, which is the right call. As fun as it would have been. <laughs> yeah. And Christian, you know, just went super heat right away, said that Ric Flair had a black liver. Yeah. Said it was like watching Weekend at Bernie's, which if you haven't seen it, is a film where two people animate a corpse to pretend that Bernie's still alive. Yeah, it's uh, Rachel Green's favourite movie, mm. Friends uh, trivia. And they set up a six-man tag at full gear because Christian wants to get rid of Sting before Revolution. Great heel motivation. And this causes Sting and Darby to find Adam Copeland backstage and say, hey, join us. it's not Flair. Like, yeah, yeah. Despite the fact that Flair and Shivani were still in the ring, like Sting didn't look at either of them and be like, that's our ideal mm-hmm. partner for this scenario. They went probably probably wisely to Adam Copeland instead. Someone on the WrestleTalk News commented that Ric Flair has had the most recent match of any member of Evolution. Oh man, that's right. Is that right? What about Randy? Well, but Randy's not been around that's since it. last May. That's what, and God, the, the retirement thing was last, la- late last year. Yeah, late last year. It was like certainly just like, shortly after the summer. Yeah. Mm. Wow, that's nuts. So and it, people it, thought my fantasy booking was taking <laughs> things too far. He's he's ready to go, I think, Flair. He wants to. Woo. He has said that he's got one more oh, match God. in him. Uh, not a good idea. Well, I mean, there's a match right there i was going to suggest like you know i mean this is a match i think probably a few people will have pitched you know with rick flair's going to be doing something sting and derby versus flair and andrade Dad, mm. dads and sons wrestling each other yeah yeah versus christian and nick wayne as well <laughs> oh, that's good it's it's a bit like cbw isn't it it's the bad dad's promotion yeah oh, you put jake and lance hoyt back together Oh yeah, I've got Lance Lance Archer. Oh yeah, sorry, your TNA <laughs> brain's <laughs> taken over. This really is TNA. <laughs> it's 2023, Luke, <laughs> not 2005. Uh, so yeah, I I don't know if Flair's going to wrestle. Mm-hmm. I I mean, let's be honest. Were the reviews for Flair's last match good? No, 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 they weren't. Although all four of them in that match are now in AEW. Mm. So you could just replay that match again. Second highest grossing US indie show of all time. And here is where... McFlair's retirement show. I talked about this in the Rust Talk News. Dave Meltzer had talked about this on Wrestling Observer Radio. And I saw a few people sort of poking fun at the the idea that Flair's been brought in to draw ratings. Mm. Because we are in TV rights negotiation season. So we're looking to bump up ratings as much as possible. And a way to do that is to bring in an icon of the industry, mm. a name like a Ric Flair, controversial though he may be. Uh, I do, uh, I'm not overly pleased with it. I guess it's not what I would do. But if you're going to bring him in, you want to bump up a rating, Flair's a good person to do that with. And I saw some people being like, well, Flair's not going to draw a rating. And that is where you are wrong. Yeah. Because Flair will draw in old viewers. 
Well, I, I believe this is actually a myth because whenever WWE brought Flair in, uh, you know, more recently, which they did a lot, you know, a c- couple of times a year, it would always bring in younger viewers more. So isn't that weird? That is weird because I'm also talking about this. Like it's the idea of doing nostalgia and like mm. it's it is because he said the negative of this idea is that yes, it will bring in more viewers, but it also ages up your yeah. show. And when you're looking at you know your TV rights negotiations, it's not just the overall viewership you're looking at. It's the 18 to 49 demo, the 18 to 34 demo. Mm. What this might do is actually push it into the 49 plus demo, raise that one up. Which advertisers aren't as hot on, and it's what networks don't really want as much. Mm. But those are the people that this is likely going to appeal to. And case, you know, to your point there, Ric Flair's last match, big Bucky O'Hare is though it may be now, uh, was the second highest grossing independence pay per view, like ever. Is it ever uh, in North America? In I North believe, America, yeah. 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 Which is nuts. Like it's, it's great. So he can be a draw, and I don't know whether he's going to be on TV on a weekly basis. I do. I don't even know if he'll wrestle or do a match he'll certainly be in sting's corner for full gear um if they're doing a show in charlotte charlotte then you know they'll probably bring flair up for, for that he could be a good manager i think with andrade that's the way to use him yeah yeah i guess so does that make andrade's act slightly less cool because you know he's this quite suave awesome cool looking dude and then you bring in old man rick flair next to him i mean he did do that rap song i suppose they both came back the same week that's true, yeah. So maybe it's connected. Uh, just before we move on to the Omega chats, you think Copeland becomes the the, the third man? Yeah. 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 And how I would book it is Copeland and Christian never touching that six man tag. That's what I was saying to mm. Dan on the uh, on the collision review. I said you can literally do the Punk and MJF yeah. spot in their six man that they did, so they never ever <clears throat> touch, and you really build up to their singles match. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Well, let's get on with your Omega Chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. We'll read out every single one over five US dollars. Kid Cutty says, I agree with Christian. Tony Khan's a billionaire and his gift the sting is a wild Ric Flair. LOL. NXT Halloween Havoc was great and had five women's matches, which got me thinking. How long do you think it will be before Tony Khan books three women's matches on TV? Also, hashtag put Athena on TV. It won't. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we are, I've had this with Dan on Monday as well. I was like, I think we're pretty, you know, we're five years into this now. I think we're pretty set on. It's one women's match yeah. per card. And that is not changing. Which we're not happy about. No. Um, but I can't be bothered to talk about anymore. That's exactly what I said <laughs> on Monday. Because like, Dan was banging the drum and I was like, Dan, I've been saying this every <laughs> week for four years, nearly five years now. And I can't do yeah. it anymore. I can't keep banging my head against this brick wall. Charles Berg has been a member for 29 months. That is a streak. I wish Christian made fun of Sting and Rick for having dead dads. Oof. Uh, oh, yeah, because they're so... I guess that would be quite funny. Yeah. Also, there is one way the Swerve's actions could have been meaner. He could have spat on the baby. I think that would have... I think if you did anything more, it would have been too much. Not too much from like a, oh, this is too offensive. Just too much from a believability perspective. I thought that was my favorite thing on the show. So good. Uh, and moderator John, longtime listener, second time Omega Channel writes, hearing the entrance theme, hearing Flair's voice on the mic. <laughs> Thinger! <laughs> brought me back to the days when they referred to. So for me, it was a nostalgic moment. And that teenager part of me started the clock on when Flair would turn on Sting <laughs> like he always did. <laughs> Which, yeah, Sting said later on when he was talking to Copeland. Yeah. Uh, and was speculating on who he would bring out to do it. Andrade, Ricky Starks, someone new. Ricky Starks would be a good... Starks is fun. ...fit for Ric Flair with yeah. the, the suave... Well, not suave suits, the sort of yeah, too slick suits. swagger and stuff. Mm. Uh, swerve over the crib, dropping the T-shirt. Best segment, in my honest opinion. Mm-hmm. I was watching the rise and fall of WCW again on Tuesday night, as I want to do. Yeah, when WCW. Yeah, I, I do both. Oh, okay. Because that documentary is really bad. Yeah, it's not as good. It's so short compared to the ECW one. <laughs> it's because they had no interviews. Yeah, is all the interviews in that show are either interviews from the Monday Night War DVD yeah. or it's Mike Graham saying I created WCW like, <laughs> it's because of me that Hulk Hogan's there Jeff Jarrett never drew a dime but they had uh, Crockett and his his Jets and how they, they bankrupted that promotion mm. I was like Ric Flair really did live the gimmick <laughs> yeah. like oh my god he parted so hard he bankrupted the second largest promotion in the States at the time yeah 
Uh, we'll just do a few more before we get on with the rest of the show. Rob Max says, I just want to see MJF and Max Caster have an entrance together in which they engage in a rap battle, exchanging escalating insults to the Bullet Club. That'd be very good. Also, looking forward to Crown Jewel live stream. Not so much the PLE. Uh, can Pretty Deadly TM coexist? Pretty Deadly, of Pretty course. Deadly, yes, because it's me versus Dan Layton for the jam- mm. that championship at Crown Jewel. I'm looking to win back my, my title. Uh, Juan Perez has been a member for 25 months in a row, and he just says, Max! Uh, Nathan says, a few theories on who the masked devil is. One, a debuting Sammy Callahan taking out everyone to face MJF in his debut match. I don't mind it being Sammy. That's Ooh. a really interesting one. I mean, we'll, you'll find fewer bigger fans of Sammy Callahan than us, but I think that would be, too, that would be an overpush. I think you'd need to build him up. I yes, I agree. Uh, I think you would probably get less of a like backlash, maybe sort of like you know overpush backlash if it was say a Sammy Callahan over say someone like a an, an ex WWE mm-hmm. guy like a Dolph Ziggler or a Mustafa Ali because well, they are like you know how dare you say not an ex WWE guy to Solomon Crow? <laughs> <laughs> I mean recent ex, <laughs> recent ex WWE guy. Uh, number two, Malachi Black makes sense with the blackout spots on Collision. Again, taking everyone out to face MJF. I think if it was Malachi Black, he would just do it himself. Mm. And number three, my personal favourite, it's Max, but he doesn't realise it. He had a line where he said that, Jay, you'll either be facing the scumbag or the devil. In true Jekyll and Hyde fashion, the devil MJF is taking out everyone, posing a threat to scumbag MJF. I don't want that. No, I'm I'm less into that one. Uh, He's made so much work. Yeah, but I can't see that one. Split personality. Mm. Uh, no, I, I can't see him doing split uh, on a wrestling show. Uh, Alex Varsic says, "I did some Charlie Day levels of detective work on the December pay per view, and these are my findings. World's End. It's Wardlow's world. MJF has the world's title. Therefore, Wardlow will end MJF's world title reign at World's End. What do you guys think?" I don't think he'll end it, but I think that's a great thematic title that's for a it. Great hook. Mm. I like that a lot, actually. The idea of doing MJF Wardlow for that December show is really good. I used to love it when wrestling promotions named their smaller shows after the big feud. Yeah, well, that was basically the In Your House era. Yeah. Of like Revenge of the Taker, Beware and, of Dog, and uh, Whole was, Day in Hell. There was an ROH one, it was like Wolves Rising or something. It was all around like the two big mm. uh, American Wolves matches on that show. And JS Wooten for now, Mengberg for 18 months. ROH exists, and that is where Tony Khan gets to book women. Stop acting like Ring of Honor doesn't exist. Also, Rick is a jerk, but he's Sting's jerk. Well, I mean, you can say that Stop Act Like Ring of Honor doesn't exist, but it's not like Tony Khan acts like it exists. Mm. You know, the uh, I've made this point on the uh, the Collision Show as well, um, that like Eddie Kingston is the champion, is not defending the belt on that show. He's defending that belt more on his Dynamite and Collision than he is on Ring of Honor. The six-man tag yeah. champions were on this show. I don't think they've actually been on Ring of Honor since winning those belts. Ring of Honor is Athena's show. Like that is the that is the star of Ring of Honor is Athena at the Forever Champion being awesome a character that is too good to be just on Ring of Honor and apart from that it's just a bunch of stuff like as as Max defended the ROH tag titles since winning mm-hmm. them in Ring of Honor no it's just a bunch of stuff and Athena being great at least with WWE the stars then go to NXT and appear on it yeah um what was I going to say there oh how are we doing with 
Crown Jewel ticket sales. Are there any left for people to buy? There are still tickets available. Um, do you want to, should we play the video package now? Let's do it. Let's do it now. Right. Well, come and join us on November 4th, but don't just take it from me. Take it from me. Watch WWE Crown Jewel 2023 alongside Luke Owen, Ollie Davis, Tempest, Dan Layton from WrestleTalk and over 100 other wrestling fans along with a live version of our board game series, No Holds Board. We'll be raising money for charity and doing our live reactions to crown jewel from the venue which means you'll have the chance to be on camera and be part of the wrestle talk live experience this is the best way to watch wrestling pay-per-views and tickets are available now get your tickets today and we will see you there to be part of moments like this Great time. It's the best way to watch professional wrestling. It's the only way. It's the best yeah. way. It's the only way to watch professional wrestling pay-per-views. It's a great old time. Tickets available in the link in the video description down below or being posted mm. in the live chat by our moderating team. We always have a great time doing these watch parties. And hey, WWE also announced a German show next yeah. year. So we've got the Australian show, which is a good time for us. It starts at 10 a.m. Oh. There's one in Germany, um, which is actually like a week before All In. I wonder if that was coincidental. It's the week after, isn't it? So yeah. the same day is all out. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I'm sure that's just coincidental <laughs> to, to, to mess with European traveling fans, I'm yeah. sure. Uh, sure, it's a coincidence. And there were, Sean was also reporting that um, Backlash, which will be the um, April show, mm. will be in France. Could be in Paris. Paris. So that's like three shows next year that are in good time zones for us. That's a quarter of the pay-per-views next year in good time zones for us. We could go to some of those. I mean, Paris is awful, but Germany's lovely. <laughs> yeah, oh, Germany. Don't want to go to Paris. It's, it's awful. Yeah. Awful, awful, horrible place. Germany's great. But Germany's wonderful. Uh, and the rest of France is nice as well. But Paris is but Paris is yeah. I just, I've just never had a good time there. No. Maybe I'm not going to the right places. No, my wife keeps saying, like, I've always wanted to go to Paris, but I wanted to go with a boy. And I was like, yeah, you picked the wrong place. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to go to Paris. Because it's filthy. Uh, <laughs> right. expenses. So, get a, your Omega chats in, of course. Uh, let's do the play-by-play of this episode of Dynamite. It opened with 30 minutes. I think it was 33 minutes in total of the MJF verse, which now includes... I've not got it on my notes here. Okay, let's see if you can do this, because it's 16 names. So let's see if you can do all 16. It's like Survival Series. MJF, Adam Cole, Roderick Strong, Mike Bennett, Matt Tatham. There's your, your first run. Then you've got challenges that are being set up. Samoa Joe, Kenny, by God, Omega, and Wardlow. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the acclaimed. So Daddy Ass, Max Caster, Anthony Bowens. And then you've got the Bang Bang Gang, which are Jay White, Juice Robinson, The Guns. Mm-hmm. Who's the final person? Who's you, who have you missed off your list? Who have you missed off your 16? Because you've got 15 currently. Do you, do you know? No, I wasn't keeping track. Oh. Who else is he feuding with? Well, it's just, this is remarkable. Yep. Like, Max has slowly added more and more people to this 
really intricate oh, story the, the of devil. characters. The devil. Right. Okay. That's. I can be forgiven for forgetting we someone don't know who, who doesn't. That is. Yeah. Uh, so you've got this like huge cast of characters for this, all interwoven, all all with their own allegiances and really well developed characters. Like you know, you could say, well, the guns are kind of one character, the kingdom are kind of one character plus Roddy. But still, I can't. I can't point to a another storyline in wrestling that has so seamlessly involved so many people. I really like it when we we had this on Collision um, when you had sort of like uh, House of Black attacking Blackpool Combat Club and FTR and sort of like that, some of those storylines starting to like converge and mix together. I like it when there are multiple plates spinning, but they are all kind of all on the same. Sp- spoken stuff but i feel like that's different that's you that's faction warfare that's this faction with this faction and then next week they'll go into this one what max is doing it, it all comes from individual people's characters mm. okay yeah i like that yeah so it's not like all the acclaimed have just started feuding with the kingdom it's no max caster wants to be with mjf that creates a ripple bit of character tension within his own little threesome so, you know, Daddy Ass is, like, coaching him on how to talk to people. Bowens is kind of a bit frustrated sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm just floored. It's so <laughs> great. Because, like, I was really into the Max uh, and Jay White feud anyway. Because mm. I, I really like Jay White. I, I think that he has yeah. had a, a very good second half of this year. Like, I think we can all agree. Great. Not a great. A bit of a bumpy start in, in AEW. But since the summer, it's been absolutely exceptional work. So I was really excited for that feud. But then I was like, man, you've got like two months to promote this match. How are you going to do this? Turns out you do this by just doing converging worlds all coming together. Samoa Joe being over here being like, oh, I'm going to come for a world title shot, by the way. And you're like, okay, that's fine, because that's kind of setting him up. No, he's actually now on TV mm-hmm. interacting with Max and being like, I'm going to be one of your partners. You've got Wardlow have, coming back doing his squash matches and then saying, oh, I'm coming after MJF and I'm going to take that title from him and actually being part of these stories. Adam Cole, man, we haven't got Adam Cole anymore. Roderick Strong and the Kingdom are doing their stuff. It's really, really great. But Cole doesn't just drop away, which has been something that happens with AEW storylines sometimes. Max is like, no, he's on the phone. Mm-hmm. I'll keep that just, just 10 seconds of dialogue on a loudspeaker once a week. Just keeps that plate spinning as well. And it means you can have 35 minutes of a wrestling <coughs> show that's filled with like multiple promo segments, mm-hmm. a match with really quite big stakes in it as well. And it doesn't feel like it's overstaying its welcome because like, man, I was like almost out of breath by the end of this because like it was, you had Max at the start and the kingdom and Roddy try and chat with him. He rolled Roddy away, then has his match with Juice. Oh, just Rod- before that, you have a, a shot of the devil. The devil. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Absolutely. The devil shows up. Then Max has the match with Juice Robinson, which is a great, great match. And then Jay White's cutting the promo because Jay White comes out and he joins commentary. And then he and Jay White have a promo battle. Him and the Guns have a promo battle to set up another match for full gear. The, the gangbang gang try to beat down Max afterwards, but the Kingdom make the save. And the acclaimed run down because the Kingdom didn't do a very good job of, of making Maybe the Maybe their save. hearts weren't in it. Absolutely. And then you're like, whoa, that was a lot. And I'm, I'm trying to catch up with my notes. And Max is walking up the ramp and Kenny Omega comes out and I got 
giddy oh. with excitement because I was like, they're having a match. Mm. They're going to have a match. And you know what? That match isn't going to have a finish. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to have a finish because we've got it. We're already doing Max versus Jay White at Full Gear. So this match isn't having a finish. How's that going to play into the eight man tag? What if Kenny's one of the partners? Because it's not the acclaimed. Just turn the acclaimed down. Yeah. I love how we've had a month now of it going, oh, well, you know, Max could team with the kingdom against the gangbang gang. He could team with the acclaimed. No, both red herrings. Like like how Max Caster was kind of a red herring as a possible win for last week's Battle Royal. I think, yeah, I think Omega Max on Saturday. Oh, my God, can't wait. I don't really mind about the, oh, it's only four days away lack of build because I see this very clearly as almost an angle more than it is a match to set up the bigger match yeah and i think that's good booking and it's not going to take omega out of the title mm. picture so if the gangbang gang cause some double dq that's satisfying hopefully with max and omega i see omega calling in the, the young bucks i can give you an alternative pitch because joe on this show said i'm going to be a partner what if the the his three teammates are the three challengers it's Max, Omega, and Joe, and Wardlow, who are looking to protect MJF from Jay White and the oh. Bullet Club, because they want to be the person that beats Max. Wardlow isn't, it's not just about winning the title, it's taking it from Max. Joe, I think, is slightly different. Joe just wants to be, like, he just wants to be the world champion. But if it is the three challengers like, looking to protect the person they want to beat... Luke, that's so good. <laughs> Thank you. Because Max also has this long-running thing of I can't have friendships. He gets one really good, genuine friend, and then he just makes friends with all the people who are gonna turn on him. It's like he's self-sabotaging in advance. Yeah. Oh. Oh. And, and, and even though, like, <clears throat> for Max, it's not about like for me in my mind, it's not about Max making friends either, like that. Mm. It's just Max being like, this is actually probably the best protection I'm gonna get against the Bullet Club, yeah. and I don't want it to be. <laughs> Caster Bowens and Daddy Ass. And I don't want it to be yeah. Roderick Strong in the kingdom. But also his friendship with Adam Cole came from an odd couple tag team when they were feuding over the world title. Yeah. This is a very bad pattern for Max to get into. Oh my God. That's so good. Thanks, bud. Oh, I hope they do it. <laughs> I mean, it'll, it'll probably just be the acclaimed. But, yeah. And that won't be the worst thing in the world because that would be really entertaining. Oh, I love that so much. I, I kind of thought, because later on Samoa Joe comes up to MJF backstage and says, I'll offer my services. Um, and Max, like quite funny, was like, oh, great, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I need help. <laughs> Thank you. And I'd rather it not be Max Caster. And Joe's just like, there's one condition, I get a shot at that title. But the other thing he did in all of this is set up uh, or, or accept the guns' challenge for the ROH tag team titles. MJF is down a partner because Cole's out. So maybe it's Joe and Max versus the guns. It's basically like turning the enemy of my enemy is my friend, or the, my, an enemy of mine can be another enemy for someone mm. else. Because, yeah, it's like, and guaranteeing them other title shots. Yeah, you can have you can have my back and you'll get a title shot. Yeah, you can have my back, but you'll get a title shot. And then all of a sudden, he's now got three different people like, oh, where's my title shot, Max? Yeah. When am I getting my title shot? And Max is looking at Tony Khan and be like, stop booking pay-per-views. Yeah. Because I'm going to have to keep defending this title. AEW going to monthly pay-per-views is the worst thing that's happened to Max. <laughs> he, I mean, him turning babyface <laughs> is the worst thing that happened to him. He wrestles so much now. Oh, my God. I... I am just consistently stunned 
by how great Max is, a, is as a babyface. Not because I didn't think he could be, but because it is just so good. Yeah, Watching him wrestle uh, Juice Robinson, which was a cracking match, like he just had so much babyface fire. He's having his cake and eating it as well. It's like that Attitude Era tweener babyface where he can be a scumbag and it's awesome. It's doing eye pokes, doing eye rakes and all that sort of stuff, busting someone open. The promo, the cold open promo he did on Juice, and he's like, I've got a bullet with your name on it and I'm not going to miss, referencing the thing that Juice had his name on. I was just like, that is such a fiery baby face promo. And some people might like misconstrue what I said there, like busting someone open is not being a baby, baby face thing. The key there is that Max didn't bleed. Mm. Max was, it, it, the bleeding is usually for the baby face in peril. In this situation, Max was the baby face, but Juice was the one that yeah. juiced. And it was Max's doing that caused him to get into that position. I thought the match was so, so great. There was a moment when Tempest was watching this match earlier and he just paused and he said, you know, it's a really hard argument to make that uh, Will Ospreay's not the best wrestler on the planet. Mm. But then you watch MJF and you think, you know, it might be him. Like, it might just be MJF because he's that good at everything. And he's, and in particular, he's like, he's got a drop kick over. And it is a crap drop kick. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's he's certainly the best character in wrestling. I'd say so, yeah. And, and yeah, the argument is best overall. Uh, probably... Him and Osprey. Yes, him. I think like, when we come to the end of year awards, he's definitely getting mm. into the top five. Uh, well, yeah, just just absolutely sublime, flawless, modern wrestling television. Yeah. Because I don't want people to go like, oh, great wrestling television. I think this is better than classic. I think, you know, the long burn storylines, like your Dave Bradshaw wrestling. I think this is like a very modern take on what wrestling can be in a in an HBO Netflix quality TV world. I also thought it saw some really a good story within this match as well to further the Jay White's match, which is there was a line from commentary, I think it was from Excalibur, it might have been from Shivani, where it's like MJF is outnumbered and Bullet Club Bullet Club Gold strength is their numbers. So even mm. though like he's beaten Juice Robinson here, <laughs> come full year, he's going up against the he's going up against all four of them. Yeah. Because Juice will be out there, the guns will be out there. He is outnumbered at the moment. He's outnumbered and outgunned. Great finish as well. Yeah. Uh, Juice was going to use his fake diamond ring, and Max used his real diamond ring. Can't beat the, you can't beat the original. Yeah. It was so, so good. Hit the heat seeker for the win. A really great match. And just overall great segment. Uh, Hook and RVD then beat John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Evil Uno tried to interfere with a chair, which set up RVD hitting the Van Daminator. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, it's you know they're in Philadelphia. Book RVD to and like the, it was a packed house. Uh, you yeah, know, not, yeah. A, not a sold out house, but uh, it was it looked packed on TV. <clears throat> which is when you have booked bigger buildings than you can fill out because they have booked them a year in advance. This is probably the best you can hope for is that it looks full on TV. Um, but yeah, just so we can just you know full full review of the show. Omega that's when Omega came on the stage after yeah. the Max thing and ended the promo by saying. Three days, bitch. Ooh. Very good. And then we had the Wardlow promo as well. I actually really like the... Oh, Wardlow being off TV almost ended up being the best thing for him. Because mm. Max has his story of turning babyface. And all of a sudden, Wardlow's not there. So the character now is that Wardlow's been sat at home. While MJF, the guy who has said so many bad things about this company, is headlining the mm. biggest show this company has ever done. And he's cheered for it. 
I can't stand for that. So I'm going to take everything from him. It was nice having him run around Philadelphia as well. So yeah. it was like distinct to the place. And I'm sure like, you know, go on the RVD thing, WWE have dropped him like a bad habit um, because he's, you know, he dared to take an outside booking. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, at least he's getting, getting his money worth here. And Pantera is still getting paid. Uh, Tony Storm has her latest film. Um, I imagine this was played in the picture in picture again. And Luther is the butler that was set up. Deathmatch legend, Luther. So there's this guy standing behind Tony for this. And RJ said he's there and he's saying, you know, the studio boss saying, well, we've got your butler for you. And she's like, where is he? Right behind you. I thought, (laughs) it's not Luther, is it? (laughs) And then Luther says, yeah, um, it's me, Luther. I'm Luther. (laughs) I just thought. This is great. Okay. I mean, did you not? Did you not like it? I, 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 I just, I kind of laugh because Luther was a bit of a running gag yeah. when he first showed up, being like, "Oh my, it's Deathmatch Legend Luther," and then the crowd were like, "Who?" <laughs> and then he was part of the the quite bad uh, Nightmare Collective mm-hmm. thing with Brandy Rhodes, and then it's just been tagging with Serpentico for like three or four years. So it's just like, all right, Luther, I guess. So she's gonna have a Hollywood homecoming. On November 19th at Full Gear. So she'll get a title shot at Full Gear. Yeah, against whoever the <clears throat> champion might be, uh, Shida or Soho. Then we have the Sting Gift, which we've covered already. Renee Paquette uh, had an earlier today interview with Chris Jericho. Jericho was wearing sunglasses inside. And looked like a prick. Yeah. And he talks about what happened to him, the powerhouse Hobbs squash, said that, to be honest, the biggest thing hurting is his ego. He's had all these different types of Jericho over the years. They teased mm. the different iterations. So, but he said that um, he's got friends too, Don Callis's family. So he's and some are even bigger than Hobbs. Maybe he'll give them a call. Now, I don't know why I thought Goldberg, but you and Tempest were talking. Well, it's probably Paul White then. Yeah, Jerry Shaw. Yeah, that makes so much sense. <laughs> However. I don't think that if you are to be like, hey, intimidating young and upcomer, do you know who I'm going to get to sort out you? My retired friend who can <laughs> barely walk down to the ring. That'll show you. But I guess like it's to put, you know, he'll probably give him, I think they're calling it World's Dangerous Slam or the World's Most Dangerous Slam, which is, you know, sort of, sort of a tribute to Mark Henry, mm. the, you know, the World's Strongest Slam. Like if you could just give Hobbs, given Paul White, the World's Strongest Slam, it's actually a pretty cool visual. Mark Henry's right there. Why can't it be Jericho, Mark Henry, and Big Show? Maybe it will be Mark Henry. Yeah. Versus I mean... Takeshita, Powerhouse Hobbs. And Will Ospreay. And Sammy Guevara if he's healthy. Yeah. What a weird <laughs> match. <laughs> uh, when uh, Jericho was talking in this segment and he was teasing retirement, I was like, look, I don't need you, Brian Danielson, Sting, <laughs> Adam Copeland, and John Cena all doing this at the same time. I guess that's the problem, though, when you have so many over 50 wrestlers in your, <laughs> in your company. We had the Hung Bucks versus the Hardys and Brother Zay next uh, for the ROH six-man tag team titles, which I forgot existed. But fun to see them. A uh, bit of a crowd weren't very much into this match, but it got going near the end. It was all just a setup, really, for afterwards. The Tron plays, yeah. and it is Prince Nana and Hangman pa- Prince Nana and Swerve Strickland outside Hangman Page's house. 
And they just did, like, the most authentic home invasion spot in wrestling. Genuinely terrifying. Mm. Because usually you go goofy, don't you? Brian Pillman brings a gun. Yeah. Or Randy Orton. Got the Randy Orton Triple H one, which is (laughs) actually terrible. Yeah. But this was was played really realistically, like, shh, you know, shh, don't say anything. There's obviously some other people in the house. And Swerve's just being menacing. It's kind of a Blair Witch style cinematography. Filming filming it themselves. Mm -hmm. And they hear something, and it's a baby's cry. And Swerve just stands up, and he's like, in a different place, mentally. And he walks over to the child's room. And you can hear Prince Nana going, no, man, that's too far. This is a bad idea, boss. And Swerve just goes into the, the room, shuts the door behind him. Prince Nana's outside, puts the camera on the edge of the crib. So Swerve isn't even really dominating the frame. It's mostly empty space. Your only attention is on this corner third where you can see the edge of the crib. No baby. There's probably not even a baby there. This is a working baby right now. And Swerve props himself on the crib and just delivers this really, really menacing heel promo. Basically saying, I'm going to have to do some really bad things to your dad. And it's his fault. Mm. And so I'm, I'm kind of sorry about that. But I just want you to know, it is his fault. And as a parting gift, I've got you. He give, brings out Prince <clears throat> Nana's new t-shirt and puts it on top of the kids. A genuinely, like, upsettingly good, <laughs> terrifying segment. Um, I could say, you know, like, I, I've, I've got a kid that's in a crib. Like, my kid was in her crib sleeping in the next mm. room while I was watching this. And I have got, like, my kids' drawings and stuff that she's done at nursery. They're not very good. But, mm. like, you know, she's done, like, you know, pa- painting the one not. And they, like, you know, Swerve looks at me and is like, man, who did this? And, like, tears it up and stuff. And I was like, oh, I've got those on my fridge. Mm. And, like, it tears it up. And it's, I've seen some people say, like, oh, this wasn't very realistic because that baby wouldn't have, like, woken up. Like, that baby would have woken up. I was like, buddy? There was a point in time when I was a bit concerned that, like, my, my kid was a bit unwell, a bit unsettled in the day. And so we put her down to bed and I was calling uh, 111 because all of the hospitals are closed to try and book an out of hours appointment for the following day. It's all I really wanted to do. And I couldn't book it. And the reason why I couldn't book it is because they wanted the kid to be awake when I was on the phone. They said the kid's got to be awake and got to be alert so that we know the kid is okay. So I was like, okay. I was like, I'll just put it down to bed. But okay. So I went in and I woke the kid up and she went, (laughs) looked up at me and i was like hey bud i was like i just need you to be awake for a little bit she went ah and she went <laughs> instantly right back to sleep and then and then the, the person on the phone was like is she awake and i said yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, she, yeah she's oh yeah, yeah can't yeah. shut her up oh yeah oh can you not hear her no. she slept through the entire conversation i had my torch on and she slept through the entire thing so the idea that this kid would have woken up could swell was kind of promo i think she would probably would have been fine i didn't actually in my head think that the baby was asleep in my head the baby was cowering <laughs> silently <laughs> it was really good i love how swerve is totally different from the other heels you know you compare this heel performance to a christian heel performance mm-hmm. just so different i he's one of my favorite characters right now really really good the match itself was totally fine i have to say it was it yeah. was a backdrop uh more than anything my the only note i actually made from this match is that last week there was that sign in the crowd that said name a good sonic game or it might have been a couple of weeks ago, someone in the crowd just had a sign that says, Sonic 2, dummy. (laughs) 
Is that the one with Shadow in? Uh, no. Oh, okay. No. Uh, well, it's another one. Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, then we got Renee talking to Copeland, which is where the Sting Derby interaction came in. Then we got our patented women's match. Unfortunately, not very good. Yes, it's a bit, bit, bit rubbish. This. So Ruby Soho and Sheeta uh, in a title match just didn't click early. A couple of awkwardly performed spots and maybe a bit of like miscommunication. miscommunication. And then ad break, come back. There was a cool like no future kick off the apron from Soho. I thought, okay, well, let's, you know, let's get into it now. But the ending was so overbooked. It, it, it just... That was a bit, what's the word? Embarrassing? Yeah, so I'm going to try and remember what happened here, because I actually couldn't, mm. I didn't make notes of everything I did, because so much happened. But Ruby went out of the ring and got the... First, exposed the middle turnbuckle. Exposed the middle turnbuckle. She then went out of the ring and got the hairspray. Mm -hmm. She then went... It's green spray. It's green spray, okay. She then went back into the ring, sprayed it into the air uh -huh. and then gave it to Shida. Yes, the Eddie Guerrero spot. Looking to get herself DQ'd so she won't win the title. <laughs> okay. That distracts the referee who then is checking to Shida. He's like, well, I didn't bring this in. And referee's like, why have you got it then? In the meantime, Ruby Soho goes out of the ring to grab the title belt to then hit Shida with the title belt in front of the referee to get herself DQ'd so she won't win the title. And... She has to sort of pause while Shida goes to spray Soho with the green spray, but Soho uses the belt to protect herself. And then that leads to them doing moves and getting near falls. And eventually Ruby gets bumped into the middle turnbuckle that she exposed and got pinned. Yeah. Crap. <clears throat> yeah, embarrassing just from like, it just made both wrestlers look dumb. Yeah, I not thought. good. And then, not to help that, Tony Storm comes out. And this has been my concern with Tony Storm's gimmick. I'm worried how she'll interact with other wrestlers. In that, yeah, sure, she's fun. I don't enjoy it as much as other people do. Because you hate fun. Kind of like The Fiend. What Fiend, really fun idea. But, oh, how does that, how does that play off of other characters? Does it get them over? I don't see this, this presentation helping any other wrestler. And um, Tony Storm came out with Luther. It's in black and white. It's in sort of a dropped frame rate, so it feels a bit slow motiony. And she's doing all these elaborate poses, but it's fun. And then it cuts back to Sheeda, who's not in black and white, and she, quite frankly, terrible facial reactions, trying to do something between confused to, uh, I don't know what. And, and it just, I just thought, oh, this is. This feels like five, ten years ago. Um, I don't think I fully agree with that point. I agree with everything else, but I don't think I agree fully with that. Not in terms of exploitative, in terms of dumb. Oh, it's dumb yeah. for sure. I, I, I don't think it is. <clears throat> it's, I don't think it's exclusive to the women's division. Dumb mm. uh, in terms of you saying it's like feels like five years ago. Is that kind of what you? Yeah, but I, I didn't mean like women's division. Oh, right, okay. I you just, just like, mean like, just bad TV. Yeah, bad yeah. TV. I mean, yeah, it was bad TV. Mm. Uh, I like the character, though, and I think the gimmick is fun. Um, I think the short film stuff is good. I think they'll have a really fun match at, at full gear, but I just think that Tony Storm's going to win the belt back, and that's just going to be a, yet another pointless transitional reign for Hikaru Shida. And you sort of lose like, well, why did she win the belt in the first place, then? Is it because you didn't want to do Storm and Soraya first? 
well, then why'd you put the belt mm. on Soraya all in? So he's like, because it was Wembley. Because you, I said, every time you sort of take a few steps back, being like, man, I don't feel like a lot of thought is being put into this. Yeah. But again, I am a broken record here because we've been saying that for five years. Mm. Renee interviewed Max backstage. That's when Joe walked in. We've covered that already. Then we got the main event. Holy hell, this was awesome. It was so great. Uh, Wrestling's weirdest faction, Chaos, was represented by Akada and Orange Cassidy. They took on Brian Danielson and Claudio Castagnoli. And I, I thought this match was going to be me waiting for Akada Danielson. And it was. And then Akada Danielson had this great middle sequence, just doing the right amount to make me really excited, but holding the stuff back to make me desperate to see the next match, likely at Wrestle Kingdom. But then... They also had, after that, an excellent Cassidy-Claudio match. Yeah. Amazingly, this is the first time that yeah. Danielson and Cassidy have had a match or, like, you know, been up across the ring from one another. And I think, credit to AEW, that Danielson's been there for two years. Mm. The restraint that this company has at times of not booking hot or hot-shotting big matches that you could do like, this is the first time that MJF and Omega have had a match, and they've both been there since day one. Like, that's that's incredible. Mm. And I think when you say, like, Cassie and Danielson, you're like, oh, actually, I really want to see mm. this, because I haven't had this before up until this point. And you've got Akada is stood there. And I think it was Excalibur, or what it might have been Taz, was like, man, it was like, Akada, Flair was on this show. Yeah. Like it, RVD. RVD was on the show. Like, what a weird timeline <laughs> we, we have found ourselves in. And I loved the Danielson Okada stuff. They were putting hard over on commentary. Kazuchika Okada does not tap out, but Danielson made him tap out. And but Danielson got his arm broken in that match because of Okada. And now he is slightly weaker going against Okada. He couldn't quite get that label lock locked in again. He had to chop and strike with the left arm, not his stronger arms, because that is because of Okada. Which means Okada can essentially sort of bait him into a lot of these things and be like, all right, away you go. Mm. See, see what you can do here. And the, the finish of this match, I'll get into the, the Claudio stuff in a second, but the finish of this match is Okada hits the Rainmaker on Danielson and Danielson just goes down. And the end of the match was him like selling his face. The rest of the combat club, uh, ref yeah, uh, medics come over to kind of tend to him. And Akada basically says to him, "Is like, you may keep winning because they won this match as well." I was like, "You keep winning, but I know how to hurt you." And that is a great little setup for their eventual rematch at Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, it's really, really great. It was great. Uh, that and, and particularly when Danielson's chopping Akada, lit up his chest. Akada's just walking through those chops. Yeah, and he's chopping him hard because he's got like the you know the welts are coming up and stuff. Well, I guess it wasn't so hard though because it's the injured arm. That's exactly it. But that shows you how strong of a chop that Danielson has got. Even his weakest chop is still lighting you up. So yeah, Claudio beat Cassidy. So we're setting up an international title fight there. Is that has that been announced? That was announced for next week. Yeah, okay, I missed that. It was right at the end of the show. They said like, oh yeah, and it's going to be. Because he pinned him, Tony Khan is now a bit official. That's Claudio versus Cassidy for next week. Claudio and Cassidy, mm, that was really good. They had some of the best stuff that was in this match. Like you know, Akada and Claudio was great, and and Cassidy and Danielson was great. But Cassidy and Claudio were so so great together. Proper like no wasted movements type stuff. There was a moment when he went uh, Orange Cassidy went to do the the drop kick, or it was right when the Orange Punch stuff. And Claudio just caught him, and without moving any waste of motion, just started doing a giant swing. Yeah. Like, it was nothing. I think it's... Claudio's obviously a very good base, and he's very strong. And, and Orange Cassidy, 
just by his size, can be thrown around as a bit of a flyer, although he's not really a lucha flyer. So they actually go together really well. There was a bit when Claudio was just giving him body slams, like picking him up, twirling him around, slamming him down. And when he was picking him up, he was lobbing him up, like Cassidy left Claudio's body and then landed back on it for the power slam. Yeah. Like how I would put on a rucksack. <laughs> it's really good. Uh, but yeah, um, the ending was Danielson holding his face. Claudio got the pin on Cassidy, of course. Both respective factions come down. And I, I, I just feel like it didn't... I know what they were going for, the but realism. it didn't didn't click with me and I, I don't think it clicked with the live crowd either i th- that's what i was going to say it's like i quite liked it because they played it like it was a very real thing you know like the rest of the combat club come down and sort of like trying to get best friends to and chaos to kind of stay stay away from this because rocky romero chuck and trent mm-hmm. and chris Statlander come down and hooks there as well it's kind of like sort of you know like hey give him some room give him some room they tried to play off like it was a real thing danielson's injured again tony can't even put out a tweet being like you know brian danielson thankfully was able to leave under his own pressure and all this sort of stuff leave on leave on his own two feet so they were they were trying to play it like it was a real thing so i i kind of liked that but it didn't get over with the live crowd i think who were waiting for a brawl mm, i think yeah. and like it almost felt like the wrestlers were waiting for a brawl as well which made me get kind of added to the realism of it as well of like hey we're gonna brawl and they were like no it's now mm. now's not the time to be brawling because we're going to take him to our friend so yeah, it was a kind of a weird, awkward thing. I liked it, but it didn't get over with the live crowds. Yeah, if, if, obviously it was a work. Um, well, I hope it was a work. I don't want another Danielson injury. And they were trying to do it like a work shoot. Yeah. And I just feel like it was a, still a bit too pro wrestlingy mm-hmm. to be a work shoot. So you don't didn't satisfy of, either. A lot of shots yeah. of Danielson on the floor as well. The other two things to, to know from <clears> that I very much enjoyed: Cassidy doing the Cassidy kicks to Claudio while he was yeah. sat down. Like he was, he, well, he was doing the Danielson kicks, but in Cassidy style. And, and Claudio was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And then Cassidy started firing up with those kicks. And Claudio selling of it, being like, what are you doing? Oh, ow, ha, 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 was great. And Okada doing the Rainmaker pose, Cassidy getting in the ring, hugging Okada, and they do the double zoom on it. It was so good. Overall, I thought one of the, I mean, since I've been doing my scoring, this is a top 10 episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's t- it's the fifth best episode I've rated for the year so far. I gave it 90%. Apart from the women's stuff, which was bad, I thought this was an absolutely amazing show. The first half hour is as close to perfection of wrestling TV as you can get, plus a Ric Flair, plus that main event. Brilliant show. Yeah, absolutely tremendous show. Mm. A number? I I yeah I'm probably gonna have to give it a four just because that women's match was so clunky would be the word I would use mm-hmm. it was a bit McClunky yeah uh well we haven't got any Patreon shoutouts to do today but please do go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk to join us over there. Uh, but for the meantime, let's read off your remaining Omega chats. Last call for those. I'm just Marcus says, yes, Rick being there was weird. Yes, the main event was predictably amazing, as was anything MJF did. But can we talk about how Swerve is the greatest heel and that promo was incredible? If it ends in anything less than lights out, we're doing it wrong. That's a good idea, actually. A lights out <clears> match between... <throat> Certainly you want to go like 
big mm. on this for full gear put a big gimmick stipulation around it and that's kind of a lights out unsanctioned tradition for full gear Straight that, was, yeah. that, that was that was where Kenny and Moxie did it. Theirs, yeah. uh, Chris Lilly says, "Hi, Wrestle Talk Originals. I just want to know why it seems people have forgotten the dark side of the ring episode with Flair. I feel like he shouldn't be on TV ever again." Uh, yeah, and then some some examples of other bad gifts. <laughs> I would say, Chris, no one has forgotten it. I think if, mm. you, if you just check the social media feedback to this, you'll see that no one has forgotten that episode. All the allegations made against Flair, like it's it's. Yeah, no one is downplaying that. Matt Hennessy says, bringing Ric Flair into AEW I think is a mistake given all the sexual misconduct allegations he has against him. Tony brought this up about Vince two weeks ago during the Tuesday Night War, then hired someone with the same track record, comes across uncomfortableness aside with Flair. The MJF storyline is awesome, having multiple different storylines and feuds weave in and out. Max has made me care about Wardlow, who I thought was dead in the water a year ago. I hated the Cody-verse in AEW, but I love MJF-verse. That's a good way to put it. <clears throat> The, the thing about, I've been saying it for a while now, the Max effect, where, yeah, you put anyone in this Max sphere, they become more interesting because they're interacting with Max. Wardlow. Dude, when he came back, I you went on that show, and I was doing this review with Tempest, and I said, they're going to have to do a lot to make me care about Wardlow because they kind of killed him mm. dead in the water. Like, last year, did him no favors post uh, Double or Nothing. And it would, he won the TNT title, then would lose it, then just win it back, then lose it, then win it back. Car got broken into. Car, and I was like, this is just going nowhere. And it killed all of his momentum. I said, they're going to have to work really hard. Turns out they didn't actually have to work that hard. They just <laughs> had to put him in, you know, give him a few that, I, that means something with a character that I love. And I'm like, oh, cool. I now want to see Wardlow versus MJF. EJO says, good day, EW. I think the Tony Storm segments have been massively improving over the past two weeks. Also, in music theory, the note B is the note H in Spanish music theory, making Luther an anagram of Butler in a way, sort of. <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Well, something's afoot. <laughs> I'm just trying to make. I'm making sure that is okay. So the note B, yeah, is H in Spanish music theory. Um, but is there in in? So, all right, yeah, you're right. So, so you would substitute H in Luther's name with for B. the letter B. Okay, so and there's then Butler. it's an anagram. Of, an yeah, anagram of okay, I'm, I'm with you now. BTWDDB says, uh, Luke, never stop calling out AEW on the stupid one-match limit for the women's division. Don't give up. Complacency is how we got here in the first place. Always demand they do better. Jam that jam. Brackets. For women. Brackets. It's less a case of I am complacent about it now. It's that I know what I'm doing is not going to make a difference. I will still bring it up. I will still make references to it, but I'm not going to get angry about it anymore because my anger, I, I've, got, I've got more things to do. Yeah. And I, I can't just keep being angry about this. It'll spike up every now and again when there's a more egregious part. But right now, it's like complaining that Raw's three hours long. Yeah. Someone did say, like, <laughs> I got a tweet from someone the other day being like, you've got to stop saying Raw, like, giving Raw three hours. Like, stop talking about it. It's been, a, like, 12 years. Oh, it's mad, isn't it? And, I know. But, like, A, I said it right at the end of the review once. <laughs> <laughs> but, B, when that show is three hours and it's bad, it, does, it feels every mm. bit of the three hours. And you're just like, I'm not angry about it being three hours. I'm just like, woof, three hours again, huh? 
that's kind of what it is with the women's division. It's like, huh, one women's match, eh? Mm. Well, yeah, I guess the standard. Nathan says, there's an easy way to get around it being an overpush of Sammy. This is the Callahan stuff. Just don't have him unmask until the match. Months of build with Sammy behind the mask, making MJF's life hell. And Sammy says, give me a title shot and I'll show you who I am. MJF agrees and Sammy walks to the ring, still with the mask on. Then, right after the bell, he takes the mask off. It'll get everyone interested in who he is, so it will get him over. Could MJF not make a split personality work? doesn't have to be appearing as both at once i think nathan the way the the thing you've missed there is if you take off the mask and it's sammy callahan and you built it up to be like the big reveal and it's like you know 30 percent of the crowd know who it is that could be seen as a major disappointment mm. if you're going to do like a big reveal of who it is and it's like no disrespect to sammy callahan but like in, in your scenario there you built this up to be a massive big pay-per-view thing that could lead to oh it was just him Oh, it's cool, I guess, but that's a slight overpush. That's a, that's a massive overpush. Yeah. Instance. I mean, I really love the idea of Andrade Danielson. The way it was promoted was too much. Course, we all love Christian. The way it was promoted was too much. Yeah. When you put a mystery person in a mask, attacking your world champion and have a long-term storyline devoted to it, there is a certain expectation created for the reveal. And that's mm. on you for creating those expectations. Of course it is. So you've got to find a way around it to if it is sammy callahan which you know i would love it'd be so awesome you've just got to like like how wwe introduced nick aldis as smackdown general manager was perfect here he is no expectations now he can smash it yeah i know i agree and like i'm not saying that mjf couldn't make mm. a split person because i think that man can make anything work i just don't want to see it yeah it, it, it's more, <laughs> more the idea i did see someone in the um the Fightful post-show um, in, in the chat, they could, like, making the suggestion it could be Osprey. And like that's how you bring Osprey oh. in as a full-timer. And just put him straight into a world title match and beats MJF for the title. Okay. Yeah. That, that, that's one of the few big names it could be. Yeah. And that's a game, like, that's not, doesn't feel like an overpush because you featured Will in featured stuff throughout mm. the year. Just look at the expiring contract list for WWE. Well, yeah. If it was Kevin Owens. <laughs> Bizarro Big L says, Enjoyed the story. A lot of plots are tied together, and it seems like the world's end is a climax of it. Two theories. Ricky is the devil, as a shift between where MJF and Ricky were at the last feud. Oh, it was a year ago. Uh, and in the same vein, a Joe partnership makes MJF try to be a friend. Oh, I like that. Max is in the reversed role there. Edgar Grasco, member for 22 months. Thank you. When I heard Christian's music played, my eyes widened and my first thought was, oh no, Flair has a dead son. Yeah, well, they didn't go I there. Did, yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't I was go concerned. There. <laughs> They've gone everywhere else. And uh, finally for now, Blakers says, have loved Wrestle Talk since the days Ollie first took over the channel. It's been a hell of a ride. Hard to put it all into words, but you guys do an incredible thing, even if it doesn't always feel that way. Much love from the States. Who should MJF lose the belt to? this point i don't know mm. i still like swerve is still my pick yeah yeah i think swerve is still my pick but i don't honestly i don't know it really feels like it could be a lot of guys at the moment yeah. i think they have set up a lot of potential challenges for mjf which i really like i agree returning cm punk uh <laughs> should we see what the end result of the poll is hey it's a, a heavily positive outlook on this episode the current rankings are 82 percent thumbs up 15 percent mm. thumbs in the middle Wow. And no thumbs down? Well, it's 3%. Oh, right. You don't want to. 
Don't well, dwell on the negatives. Well, the reason why I don't do that is because if you do 18 plus 14, that's 80, that's 95? 84 plus, what is it? 81 plus 14 is 95. 95 yeah. Then there's 3% thumbs down. Mm. So there's a lost 2% there. So, you know, if you, if you just give it the, the first two, everyone can figure out the rest <laughs> of it because it's just the rest of it's there. Well, thank you very much for joining us here today. If you haven't already, please go and watch the Wrestle Talk News. And remember, go buy your ticket to come watch Crown Jewel with us next Saturday. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Luke Owen, DAD, Jam That Jam. Jam That Jam. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.